This is Indian Noir, India's number one horror, crime and dark fantasy storytelling podcast. Odeon Part 2 Tell you what, your car, this bloody ambassador, looks like your sister. <laughs> it's white, all right. And it has boobs, and look at its rear. Your car's rear is like your sister's ass. <laughs> he roared with laughter again. I vented my anger on the gearbox and pressed hard on the accelerator. The sugarcane plantations on both sides of the road appeared like a vast army of grim reapers assembled to greet the apocalypse. One mile to go. I calculated silently. I would deliver peace to my sister by eliminating this bastard. I got the idea while watching an advertisement on TV. Ambassador, the car of the nation. An animated voice announced, followed by images of an ambassador car racing on a highway in Pondicherry, plowing through the sands of Rajasthan, splashing water on all sides as it crossed a stream in Kashmir, and finally crushing and spraying gravel as it slid to a stop next to a stunning tropical waterfall in Kerala. The visuals set my pulse racing, and an image formed in my mind's eye. Ravi's bones crushed and shattered his entrails sticking to the dark asphalt his blood splattered on my ambassador's white mane forming cobwebs and delirious patterns i have always wanted to kill him even when i was a 10 year old boy panting and puffing my way to school my heavy bag slung over my soft bony shoulders I wanted to kill the bully who ate my lunch, urinated in my water bottle, and punctured my delicate palm with needles. And so I told him I would take him to the red light district of Sonakaji in Calcutta, far away from our rural town, which was located at the edge of a wilderness reserve. He was thrilled by my proposal, spending 2 days in the company of wine and women. It was my gift to him. my way of mending my relationship with him he promised he wouldn't tell us all and packed his bag without any hesitation as far as others including my family were concerned i was away on a pilgrimage to a durga temple located in the neighboring district and ravi was on a separate business trip i made sure no one saw me pick him up from the gates of the cashew factory on the outskirts of the town 
I made sure Levy did not suspect my motivations. This had to be a clean kill. I did not want to rot away in a prison on account of killing this monster. I gazed at Ravi. He was kneading his fingers and smiling to himself, no doubt fantasizing about the night of exotic pleasures that awaited him. We were 80 kilometers away from our hometown and close to the desolate spot I had selected for my little operation. It was a small plot adjoining the highway, with a single banyan tree at its centre. The figurine of a headless god, adorned with dry flowers, and soggy kumkum, rested on a pedestal at the bottom of the tree. The deity would be the sole witness to the crime. A dense congregation of tall kazi plants would prevent any passers-by from witnessing what promised to be a bloody labour of love. I slowed the ambassador and cut the lights as I entered the designated spot. What the fuck are you doing? Revi asked. Where are we? I parked the ambassador near the tree and stepped outside. I slammed the door hard and the pitch-dark surroundings sprang to life. I have to take a shit. I shouted out to him as I walked to the rear of the car. As soon as I reached the boot of the car, I ducked and crawled to a boulder beside the tree. I hid behind it and waited. Okay, come on. I can't hear any sounds of you pooping. <laughs> I listened to his laughter and gritted my teeth. I thought I would have butterflies in my stomach, but the poison in my mind was working its magic. The toxicity of the hatred pent up in my mind for Evie over the decades had overpowered my senses. I picked up the iron rod I had planted behind the boulder two days ago and muttered a silent prayer. Then I shouted, Hey, Devi! Help! Devi, help! What the fuck? Where are you? He shouted as he jumped out of the car. Where are you, you idiot? He said as he moved towards the boulder. I kept screaming until he was close enough for a decisive strike. Then I leapt from my hiding place and landed the rod hard on Devi's skull. I heard a sickening sound. Then I swung the rod for a second time and sent him sprawling to the ground. He groaned in pain and started crawling towards the car. A trail of blood followed him to his destination. I followed him and kicked him in his groin. Revi screamed in agony and turned to face me. I lifted the iron rod in what seemed like the final act of annihilation. Revi was a very strong man. I needed to render him motionless before I ran him over with my car. Revi tossed a handful of dirt into my eyes. I was blinded and swung the rod aimlessly. I felt Revi's hard fist smashing into my jaw and the iron weapon slipped from my grasp. 
My legs weakened as his hard knee forced its way into my belly. I fell backwards and hid my head on a rock. I briefly saw Revi standing over me with a smile on his bloody face. He was twirling the iron rod. And then I slipped into unconsciousness. When I woke up, my hands were tied behind my back, and I was leaning against the boulder. The same boulder behind which I had hid my weapon. The back of my head was sore, and I could taste soil in my mouth. I coughed and spat and opened my eyes with great effort. A pair of very bright lights seared into my eyes. The sun and the moon, I thought. Or maybe I'm in heaven. It took me a few seconds to realize that I was staring at the headlights of my car, and Devi was standing in front of it. His silhouette sent chills down my spine. He had the body of a man, but his head had grown a pair of impressive antlers. Somewhere in the upper reaches of the banyan tree, a bat flapped its wings, and I could imagine its smile at the thought of having a new companion. According to Hindu mythology, the sinful soul transformed itself into a bat and was fated to hang from trees. The Devi's right was a small fire pit put together hastily with rocks. A trail of sinister smoke spiraled up from the dying embers. Did he conduct a ceremony to effect the transformation, or was this some kind of costume? And Devi approached me deliberately. His footsteps sounded different, and soon the hooves came into view. He stood over me and laughed cruelly. The bark of an animal combined with the wheezy voice of an old man. He bent down to look me in the eye. His face was matted with fur and what looked like tendrils of dark tar, which married the form of the man and the beast in a patchwork of pulsing veins. His eyes were pitch black and soulless. He said to me in his inhuman voice, "I told you all those years ago, we are the practitioners of the darkest of dark arts." But you never believed me, did you? I wept in fear. I peed my pants. After this night of nights, I will be free to do whatever I want with your sister and the rest of your pitiful family. I will be free to do whatever I want. With the little fetus growing in her belly, I screamed in anger and tried to kick his legs from underneath him, but he did not even flinch. 
and if he straightened up his form, raised both his hands to his antlers, and slowly pulled them out of the sides of his head. I was going to enjoy a different kind of penetration tonight, but I have to say, this will be a lot more satisfying, he said, before plunging the ends of his horns into my chest. My sweet, sweet brother-in-law, enjoy the unending night, he said, slapping me on the right cheek. The antlers were firmly lodged in my chest, and blood gushed from the wounds they had made in my torso with great ferocity. And if he stepped back and moved his head around like a man stretching to dismantle painful and tight muscular knots in his neck and shoulder... The replacement antlers slowly grew out from their bleeding raw stumps on his head. Bat-like wings exploded out from his back and blocked the headlamps of my beloved ambassador. He was transforming again into something even more terrifying. My mind couldn't comprehend that such a thing was even possible. For someone to be the vessel of such great cruelty and for them to blossom into its ultimate manifestation. In my final moments, I was alone with my fading heartbeat, the death rattle of my breath in my chest, and the terror boring into my eyeballs. Then, as Revi had promised, there was only darkness, unending darkness. Darkness.